Less stress, more time, more money. Welcome to the Cash Flow Contractor. Deep dive. Martin, I've got a question for you. Okay. I'm not sure who founded Office Depot. In fact, I feel like they were acquired by Office Max or something. I don't well, know. Well, they went together. I don't right. know who acquired who. Yeah. Do you think that when Office Depot was founded, that they were going to be producing their own water? Probably not. For those of you that can't see the right. video. We're drinking Office Depot water. We're drinking Depot Office water. Depot bottled water. Can we bill them for that? <laughs> Probably. Some we can bill them. We can bill anybody. Today's episode is sponsored by it. Office Depot. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't think they'll pay the bill. Yeah. But. Well, I say that because why do you think they started doing water? Well, somebody had a good idea. Impulse buy. You're selling yeah. 10 cent water for $3 a bottle. And I'm one of those. That's yeah. why we have it. Because I was buying office supplies. And you saw the water. And I saw water. And I was out of water. So, <laughs> And there you go. We're t- talking about pricing. You know, well, We're talking about marketing today. Well, we're talking about marketing. But pricing is being a part of that. Yeah, absolutely. And... Uh, People, I said, well, they'll never pay for that. I said, well, how much that bottle of water cost you? $1.99 at 7-Eleven? I have bought water standing in line at Walmart from the little cooler deal for a buck when I can see over the top <laughs> the water rack where they sell like 40 in a pack for two ninety nine. So I'm not going to do the math real fast, but it's a lot less than a buck. Oh, yeah. And I still, the convenience factor of getting out of line, walking over there and getting one, Carrying it. Well, and it was cold, I guess. Yeah. So you're buying, you're paying for cold. Yeah, it's it's very interesting, and brand matters a lot in those situations. You know, people will pay l- literally dollars more for a single bottle just because of the logo on it, um, when it, it's accomplishing the same need. Right, um, and, and also the convenience. Uh, yeah, it's a good point. It's understanding what the customer wants. Well, I think with marketing, it is understanding what the customer wants. And right. Office Depot probably had no intentions of becoming a company that put, and obviously they didn't, they didn't produce this, they just put their logo on it. But they didn't have plans on putting water in their stores, I'm hey, imagining, when they started. I, you know, it's getting to be a long time ago now, I guess. But 20 years ago, yeah, they used to sell bottled water. Yeah. And I remember telling my partner in my business, I said, are you kidding me? <laughs> said, I'm not paying for any damn bottled water. And, you I mean, within a year, you know, you were buying cases of it and throwing it in the back of the truck. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. It's crazy, isn't and it? no idea. You can get it right out of a water fountain. Yep. Pretty wild. But I say that just because good marketing informs planning, informs mm-hmm. decisions, informs product service. Um, so the marketing strategist... And researcher and developer at Office Depot said, hey, we need to have pallets of water. They probably did a $2 million study on it. Oh, I'm sure they did. Justified it, MBA, took it to the board, (laughs) and said, okay. We're getting water. It was MBA, not NBA. Well, we're talking about marketing today. Absolutely. And we're just going to converse about it. I know you've got some stuff that you're going to share. I've got lots to share. Um, And we'll just kind of bounce questions off of each other. My first question to start us off is a tricky one. How has marketing changed 
since you started working in, in business mm. and even since you were a kid, honestly? Mm. How has it changed? Well, in many ways, it has changed. In many other ways, it, it hasn't. hasn't. <laughs> when I tell people such as yourself, Khalil, when I started working, we didn't have copiers. Mm -hmm. they, they existed because big companies like New York Life and Xerox existed, and they, they, the machines cost $200,000, were the size of a F-250, <laughs> you know, kicking out stuff. But for having a copier in the office, no, nobody did. Yeah. You did it with carbon paper, or if people recognize NCR paper, it's that paper that leaves an, it's double copy, it leaves an impression. Um, we had uh, thermofax machines and mimeograph machines, but we didn't have copies. So quite a copier. So quite a few things Lots have changed. And at the time, marketing was basically advertising in the newspapers, yep. local marketing, uh, maybe at the county fair, mm -hmm. you know, putting up a banner. Uh, yellow Pages was really probably the number one. You, yep. you just had to be in the Yellow Pages. And can I tell a story about that? Sure. Really interestingly, <clears throat> uh, yellowpages.com. A guy who bought one of my companies is the founder of yellowpages.com. <laughs> and what happened there was he was from Idaho and he was a stockbroker, somebody that worked like Edward Jones, or not a stockbroker, but a financial planner and yeah. financial guy. And some new company, I can't remember the name, it had a Japanese name, opened an, a branch in Las Vegas, Nevada, and hired him to go down and run it. So he gets down there setting up an office and all this, and he goes immediately to place an ad in the Yellow Pages. So this was 94, 93 or 94. He goes out there to place an ad in the Yellow Pages, and he missed the publication deadline. So he had to wait three months. Wow. And he said, untenable. So he had heard about this thing called the Internet. Now, in 94, everybody knew about the Internet, but there was no commerce. It was academic, and, yeah. and people were talking about it, and there were big arguments about whether or not the internet would ever be allowed to go commercial, whether that was an appropriate use in the private sector, or whether it should remain government and academics. Hard to believe that, but that was in 93, 94, that was going on. Well, he'd heard about it and did a little research and said, hey, yellowpages.com. So he called Internet or whoever it yeah. is that registers URLs, and somebody had it. So he said, huh. He said, but it's going to expire in two months. And if they don't renew it, you can get it. So on that day, he hired one of his guys got on the phone and stayed on the phone and bought it for 30 bucks. Yellow pages dot stinking com. Right? <laughs> well, gosh, how many was it? Ten years later, he sold the, uh, the company to AT&T for $110 million. Now, he didn't make $110 million because he put together an investment and they uh, really, uh, they put a lot into it. They bought CDs, for example. He, he put in uh, basically a call center in Las Vegas and they bought CDs that listed all the plumbers in Los Angeles, for example. And they called them up and they said, do you want to get listed? And do you want to be listed first? And they started charging for that. And of course, that was really, yellowpages.com isn't any real asset right now. If you're on yellowpages.com, <laughs> that's what shows up. 
Yellow pages may sue me, whatever, but it's just a fact. If, you, if you're Googling somebody and all you find is a yp.com site, it's kind of like, eh, <laughs> these guys aren't even in business. But anyway, uh, he built that up and uh, started kind of the concept of ranking first in searches. And Well, that, that ranking system was around in the Yellow Pages. People would base their entire name on ranking first in Yellow Pages. Right. That's why you had AAA yeah, yeah. Plumbing and AAA people... Acme. Yeah. And Associates. And Associates. <laughs> <laughs> how, many, how many A's do I have to have to be first? Just so you can be alphabetical. Yeah, right. So if you ever see a name like that and you're curious why they're AAA, it's because they're, they were around in the Yellow, Ages, Yellow Pages era. Right. Era. So pretty interesting. Well, another, so we're talking about that all as ancient history, <laughs> but I have a, had a client here a few years ago. When I got, first got in there, we're talking about their marketing and what mm-hmm. they're doing. These guys are pretty good at what they do. But anyway, looking at their financials, I'm like, what's this? You know, well, that's Yellow Pages. Twelve freaking thinking thousand dollars they paid for one. Of, I, they, there's a name for it, but where your, your uh, ad runs across two pages. So you're, you open up in both pages, are full you? pages, are you, right? <laughs> and I said, are you kidding me? Because there's yellow pages and the original yellow pages and there's the red book. I mean, and if you're like listeners or like most people I know, they don't even make it in your house. They oh, throw them in a plastic bag by your mailbox and you pick them up, throw them in the recycle bin. Or if you have little kids, you keep two of them so they got a high chair, right? Yeah. So they can reach the table. Exactly. Other than that, he was spending $12,000. said, you got to stop. He said, I'm going to make my feedback right now. He said, well, I can't stop. It's, you know, I get a lot of business from the Yellow Pages. Really? Well, this place actually is pretty sophisticated, and I'm surprised he didn't know it before we looked. But they ask everybody who contacts them how they found them. Yep. And so we did the research for the prior year. You want to guess? Total revenue attributed to Yellow Pages. Total revenue, not profit, not margin. Revenue. Uh, zero. <laughs> it was a little better than that. What was it? 250 bucks. Oh, there you go. $12,000 ad, 250 bucks revenue, 40% margin. So what's that? 10, 100 bucks. It's so crazy. Right? People will spend money yeah. on that. So that's also part of what you have to overcome. You, you asked how things change is the inertia. You know, I've already always done that. I've had that happen before too. A uh, guy in Enid gets all his business through the yellow pages. I got to be there. And he's in all the different books. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a number of years ago, but I got him to quit too. Yeah, there are other ways to do it now. So, there to answer your original ways. question, it was uh, sponsoring a four H show. Yeah, it was ads in the newspaper, which were usually designed by the salesperson for the newspaper, which meant there was mm-hmm. not uh, really wanting to beat up on salespeople, but they weren't designers. <laughs> yeah. So. But you didn't know anything, and a lot of a lot of times, and this may sound familiar even now, is somebody walks in with a promotional idea. Hey, you get in my slick magazine shows, and sometimes they work. I'm mm-hmm. not saying they don't, but uh, it's an it's a it's an impulse buy. There's no right. thought to it. The guy comes in and goes, Ah, oh, yeah, I got to do something. Yeah. So I'll sign a con. Well, I had a guy client now signed a contract. I could have smacked him. Because there's no plan to that, to be in a slick magazine in, a, in an area, mm-hmm. which is quite a ways from here, yep. uh, for what he does as a contractor. And he came in and told me about it. I said, what? $1,200 a month. I said, what? 
what what was it well i thought it might i go come on man we've got to have a strategy which is what yeah. you want to talk about and that, that was totally impulse and so i think that impulse buys the lack of the ability to tell whether it worked which we didn't really talk about but kind of i mean my guy saying i think so i got to be in yellow pages well it's 250 bucks uh, total revenue against 12,000 cost those kind of things contribute to a lot of the thinking about marketing which is that it's an expense and not an yeah. investment and well the and the reason why they make those decisions is because they see what's always been done they see you see what is being done around you and you think you've got to fit the part but that's not the way that you should handle things just like in life if you're only doing things because everyone around you is doing them Right. You're probably not going to be very fulfilled in your life, and you're probably not going to feel very successful. Probably either. not going to be very not going to be very successful. Exactly, um, and the same thing applies to to marketing. You need to know who you are first and foremost. You need to know who your audience is, and then you need to have goals for reaching your audience. Um, I, I mean, like like, I like a that, plan, like a plan. So, Absolutely. Hey, let me. I, your original question about how has things changed, I, I have to say this dawned on me. There's an old statistic that probably everybody's heard that 80% of businesses fail in the first five years and 80% of the survivors file, fail in the next five years. So that's 96% are gone. Mm -hmm. Recent statistics, because I had to look them up for my book, The Profit Problem, they say I make money, so I don't have <laughs> any. But I had to look it up for the SBA statistics, or it's half. In other words, half businesses fail in five years and half fail in the next five years, as opposed to 80%. That's way, way, way better, right? Yeah, absolutely. I attribute that. I mean, this is just me, but I think I'm right. I attribute it to technology. Oh, absolutely. Part, part of it is you can buy a cash register, you can buy phones, you can communicate with your crew, with a cell. So we've got that level of technology. I can't believe you just said buy a cash register. If any of you, if any companies out there are buying a cash register. No, but people, no, my point is you don't have to. Yeah. You can, oh, you don't have to. It used to, to yes. cause, that you had gotcha. a company called NCR. The barriers to entry are lower. Right. I mean, orders of magnitude lower. Oh, yeah. You used to have to buy a 20, my last company, we bought a twenty-two, twenty-five $25,000 phone system for the office and had this, had to have a contract yeah. for somebody who could come fix it. Yeah, yeah, we've got cell literally phones zero dollars now. You don't even need an office. You don't. I mean, you do need like a computer, probably, or you know, a phone. You get an iPad and you go yeah. to these restaurants and they spin it around and you. Pay you don't have to pay for Wi-Fi. You just buy coffee at a rest at a coffee shop yeah. and now you work yeah. from there. So that that's the operational part sure. of the business. But from the marketing standpoint, no matter what obscure thing you do, mm -hmm. you know, maybe you put cork inserts into tile floor. Yep. You're the only guy in the world who does it. Mm -hmm. There are a number of people who want that. Very unlikely that they're in your neighborhood or <laughs> reading the news, newspaper. The internet and internet marketing has allowed us to reach the entire stinking world for nothing. Absolutely. I mean, you can reach them for nothing. If you want to do it well, you need to do the planning we're about to talk about. So that probably as a, as an overarching thing is the biggest difference yeah. that that's changed. We can, you can reach the world for nothing. It's, it's so true um, that there are a lot of things that have changed barriers to entry methods and channels in which you're going to market to people. But 
there are so many principles to marketing that yes. have not changed at all. Right. Right. But you can just now apply them across a broad, broad base. Yeah. And Psycho human psychology is very intertwined into marketing and that's not changing the way we think our desire to belong, our desire to find the best option. Uh, all these different things are not going to change. Uh, our desire to be guided through a process, um, to be the best, you know, to, to solve all of our problems, to feel significant. All these things are not changing, and those are principles of marketing that you can use as you're going through. But the methods in which you deploy those are going to change, and they're going to be different next year, you know. Um, so so really what, what do you, know. I know what I hear, what do, you, what do you hear is the most common form of marketing for contractors and builders and... <laughs> Well, it's, it's, it's always the same for small businesses and even large businesses at that, but it's referrals. It's word of mouth referrals. It's word of mouth um, leads, whatever you want to call it. But it's just someone saying, hey, you should use so-and-so. And even on a big scale, if I walk into uh, Martin's office and I say, man, did you see that um, the new iPhone that came out? You know, you know there was I literally did buy one because you came in and told me about the 12 Pro. <laughs> and there it is, and you're costing me I think me I what? told you about it because you were having issues with your Right, I couldn't hear my phone very well. Yeah, so anyway, literally. Phone. Yeah. But, and, and so even though word of mouth is always probably going to be the biggest for any company, including like Apple, it takes a lot to be able to get people to give the word of mouth referral. And so at the core of it, it's really just about providing a good product or service so that you can get more word of mouth referrals. But also in order for me to know about the 12 pro iPhone to tell Martin about the 12 pro iPhone, I have to receive some sort of marketing communication to be able to, to know about it to then tell Martin about it. Right, and bringing it back to the contractor, I don't let him off the hook. Marketing uh, by referrals and uh, word of mouth is certainly, mm -hmm. I, I mean, I'm not sure I really call that marketing. That's kind of an event that happens to you. Somebody, now, if you intend yeah. that to be yeah. your, the, your, how you get your leads and customers, and you pay attention to it by delighting your current customers, getting them to leave you, well, as soon as you're leaving a Google review, that's, that's you're into electronics. Asking for referrals, maybe giving mm -hmm. incentives, you know, free inspections or... Having a referral program. Right, a referral program. Now you're into marketing, but allow... What I mostly hear mm -hmm. is I just get my... I say, how do you get your leads? <laughs> and it, it's changed even in the 11 years I've been coaching. It's, it's getting more sophisticated. But how do you get your leads? The thing I hear most... I mean, I see them kind of look up to the corner of the room, kind of down, and, and they say, well, it's word of mouth. Yeah. I say, well, which, how do you encourage word of mouth? Well, I do good work. Mm -hmm. So it's abdicating marketing. So I don't really consider that to be marketing. Maybe you disagree, but. I, I do. So I, I think of it as channels. Whenever I, I think of marketing strategy, I think of, okay, there's different channels. What I mean by channels, it's an avenue of receiving uh, of, of communicating with customers, basically. So word of mouth would be a channel. TV advertising would be a channel. Radio would be a channel. Facebook would be a channel. Um, Instagram would be a channel. Trade shows would be a channel. Outbound sales would be a channel, right? You have all the email marketing. There's so many different channels Outbound out there. Outbound sales meaning calling people. Like calling out. people, yeah. cold calls would be, yeah. a, would be a, um, a channel. You have so many channels and 
the issue with a lot of uh, contractors and many businesses in general, they treat marketing as one channel when it's not. Right. Right. And the only point I'm making where maybe we're not sitting around and waiting for leads is not marketing. No, it's not. Doing something to, yeah. meaning word of mouth leads is not marketing. Doing something to encourage people to refer you is. Is, is. Absolutely. That's absolutely. Absolutely. It's a valuable, hugely valuable. Well, and I'll tell you one channel. thing about if you, you know, doing something is better than nothing, but doing something specific is better than just doing right. something. And what I want to, I'll give you an example. You know, it just, I think people can understand this pretty well, but if we're thinking of our channels, TV and radio are two different channels. Let's say I'm going to make an advertisement and I want the advertisement to go out on both TV and radio. There's audio to the TV commercial, so we can use that audio on the radio. Well, yeah, sure, you can do that, but do you think it's going to be as effective if you, as if you just made a radio commercial that was very specific, the audio was specific right. and tailored to radio? I don't really listen to the radio anymore, but there are people that do. And when they hear those radio commercials, they use a lot of words that encourage imagery. They they have a lot of dialogue and conversations because that's what people want to listen to. Um, it, it sounds like it's a radio ad, right? They have to say the number for to call or their website and spell it out. Whereas if it's on TV, you can just put those things in text on the screen and you don't need to say those as a part of the dialogue. And so if we just took the audio from TV, a TV commercial and then played the TV commercial and then used the audio for the radio, it's not going to be as effective. Right. Sure, it's better than nothing, maybe, but it's not going to be as effective. And so the same way, if you're doing marketing on Facebook, it needs to be different than the marketing you do on Instagram and right. different than the marketing you do on your outbound calls, <laughs> all those different things. It sounds to me like you're describing a piece of the strategy. Absolutely. Can you maybe, I think we've kind of agreed that ad hoc, just doing something is better than sitting around contemplating your navel in your office and wondering about stuff. Yeah. But how does somebody, if they decide they need more leads and decide they want to be serious and yeah. intent, intentful, <laughs> purposeful about it, deliberate about yeah. it, what the hell? How, you, how do you get started? Yeah, so, I mean, first and foremost, before you go into any strategy, you want to have an idea of what your common purpose and goal is as a company, right? Are you trying to add a certain amount of revenue? Are you trying to serve a new customer base? You have to ha know who you are as a company, what your strengths are, what you're really trying to pursue. And then you also have to know your audience for what you're trying to do. Are you targeting homeowners? Are you targeting GCs? Are you um, targeting business owners or industrial projects or municipalities? Who are you targeting? Um, and what do you know about them? Not just who are they, but what are the details about them? What can what information do you have on them that's going to allow us to come up with a better strategy? So that has to be your, you have to figure out what your north star is. Otherwise, you're not going to be very specific, and you're not going to be detailed in your strategy. But let's say that you have all that figured out, right? You've you've got a good identity, you've got a good idea of who you're targeting, and now you're trying to figure out how you can approach them. What we like to do at Benali for our clients is we like to focus on campaigns. Um, you've probably heard campaigns when you're thinking about elections. You may have heard an uh, ad campaign uh, referenced by your marketing guy or in a marketing uh, video that you watched. But what is a campaign? And for me, a, a campaign is a targeted effort to address a problem or an opportunity for an audience 
holistically. So it's it's holistically, holistically. a big word. Is there. that with ph, ph ho holistically? Okay, got it. <laughs> you mean no. wh? Wh. You yeah. said ph, which would be a f- that would be acidic water <laughs> or basic. Yes, holistically. Okay. What I mean by that is it's it's the bird's eye view, right? We're not getting into tactics. For me, a lot of tactics are a part of a strategy. So strategy is overarching of tactics. And tactics are more just tasks or action items that you can go and do, right? Um, But if we're thinking about it holistically, we're looking at a campaign level. And so what we'll do is we will figure out a topic, right, Um, around a client's target customer. Let me me ask you because... Go ahead. Seriously, you you said having a targeted audience. In other words, who, to whom are we trying to sell our project? Yep. Residential guys, GCs, are we commercial builders? Mm-hmm. Do we, you know, who who do we who do we deal with? How do how do you? Isn't that a precursor? I mean, what, do you see businesses doing that themselves? Uh, sometimes, subconsciously, um, not very in depth. Yeah, subconsciously, right. they know that, oh, like I'm a roofer and I work on residential, so I'm, I'm targeting homeowners, right? They know that, but they don't really but think about But they're not about, targeting homeowners because there are a bunch of homeowners that... Uh, have no idea who they I, are. Well, no no problem, but I mean that live in uh, double-wide trailers down by the river. You're not targeting them. They're not remodeling. Right. You've got the middle of the ground that paycheck to paycheck, and they want to keep their house nice, and then you've got people that are just... You know, say, hey, take that brick off and put stone on. Yep. Well, you're two stories, seven thousand square foot out. I don't care to do it. So, it's even more. Yeah. Well, we got another fire truck. Well, um, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they very loosely know who they're targeting. They don't put a lot of thought into knowing their audience. Meaning well, that, I mean, that's that's kind of the point I'm I'm after is yeah. Uh, so whether it's you or somebody else. There has to be a form, in my mind, what I call formal, where you're really thinking and writing it down and discussing it and narrowing in, asking, yeah, but not all houses, because you don't want the double eyes. Yeah. With somebody, Joe. You want to do some some specific targeting by that. I mean, you need to do some research and you need to do some... um, a formal process. What we use is we use ICPs, Ideal Customer Profiles. I believe that there's even a short episode on CFC about uh, ICPs. If you're interested in that, we'll link to it in the show notes. But that's a process of where you're going to go through and you're going to say, okay, who are we targeting? If it's homeowners, what size is their house? What neighborhoods do they live in? What cities do they live in? Maybe you're working on larger areas. So what regions do they live in? And then you're going to ask them, okay, what are their primary goals with your product and your service and where are their primary goals outside of that? Are they just worried about getting the kids to practice? Are they busy or are they always home? Um, you know, you're going to ask things like, uh, where do they typically spend their, their money? What places do they shop? Right? What, where do they go grocery shopping? Um, where do they buy online? What channels are they on online? So are they on Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn? Uh, just how do they spend? What, when they go through a purchasing process, how do they want to do that? What what are the best ways to communicate with them? Is it by text message, email, phone call, showing well, see, up you're, in person? You're demonstrating my point yeah. for me here, and that is that you can do that yourself, mm-hmm. Mr. Contractor or Ms. Contractor. 
but it's generally it to me the most important question in marketing the the foundational question is to whom are you talking yep. which is what you've just been saying yep you need to know that and a lot of times it's really worthwhile to get a professional a competent professional to walk through that with you absolutely because if you do that wrong you know bungee jumping in the AARP magazine that's probably misplaced advertising right <laughs> yeah. so you got a bungee jumping deal off the cliff and and you're better served maybe to the adventure folks in Colorado than the AARP retirement community in Florida sure although I'm sure there's some 90 year old bungee jumpers but that is the foundational question and you, you really need to get that right you do and you need to confirm it right okay. it's, it's not just knowing your audience but it's knowing it and having proof and so talking to your customers you know the first thing that we do whenever we create ICPs for a client where we've gone through and we've we've asked all the right questions to understand who our audience is is we go and we confirm it we call existing customers and some customers that uh, or some leads that didn't turn into customers and we ask them questions to confirm all the information that we have down hey actually they don't want to be emailed they just want phone calls and texts right or no they don't want a phone call they just want to be emailed Whatever it is, we try to confirm all of that. And sometimes it gets super subjective inside of your target audience, right? But if you start to realize that, man, they want, some people want phone, some people want email, some people want text, you better have all the options available, right? Rather than just assuming, no, we can just work on the phone, right? right? So just different things like that. Well, that, that is my point is that uh, we'll get to it, but marketing uh, is an investment if mm -hmm. done properly. It's an expense if it's done improperly. But it's going to involve money, mm -hmm. and done right is probably going to involve significant money. Compare, I mean, worth it, but it's it's not just something you do flippantly. So you got to get it right. Yeah, and it starts with this kind of understanding, and that would be like me doing web development I, because yeah. I'm not going to do it. I don't even know what sure. you're talking about. Well, and I do want to want to um, put a caveat to what you just said. It actually starts with a proof of concept. If you are just starting a company from scratch, do not go in, and unless you've done it before, or you have a model that you're following and you know it's gonna work, you need proof of concept. Don't go and hire somebody to start all this stuff for you, uh, doing all your branding and marketing strategy, all this stuff, and you don't even have a customer yet. Right. Go get a, your first customer without any of that stuff. Go get proof of concept first know oh wow i've got 10 customers this works then go start it unless you know you've started this company or you've worked in this industry for 20 years yeah you're just going you're, out on your own yeah and you're just going on like your that. own if you're starting a brand new company because you're it's you know you've got this brand new idea go do the research by finding proof of concept and getting some customers yeah first. it's interesting that you say that because one of the questions i routinely ask new customers is especially if they're just right at break even and not thriving yet so yeah. I just look them right in the eye and I say, is there a really great market for what you do? <laughs> and it's not what they say, it's how fast they say it. Yeah. They go, oh, hell yes. Or, yeah, there should be, or I think <laughs> so, or, well, I don't know, I'm going to, oh, big, big difference. difference. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, it, it does start with that foundation, and it does require a, a lot of uh, expertise 
you can do it on your own if you are willing to put in the hours of research on I'm how to do it. I'm going to go back into my, what I always say. You can do your bookkeeping on your own, too, <laughs> but you're not likely to be very good at yeah, it. Yeah, it's true. And it's true. You can, I mean, you, all, of the, all of the things. You can write your own insurance, but you're probably not good at it. Well, and so not just a shameless plug for Benali, but finding a right entity and being serious and, and, and purposeful about it and doing this stuff up first, your ICPs? Mm-hmm. What, what yeah, that ICPs. Really, really what, what we call it is it's, your, it's the foundation of your, your brand, your company, and it starts with your identity, right? Uh, before you, uh, or starts with your identity, then goes into your strategy, then goes into your messaging. Right. So those are the three steps. Knowing who you are, then knowing your strategy, which is your ICPs, who you're going to target, what the competitive landscape looks like, and then what opportunities are, are out there for you by doing a SWOT analysis. Once you've done those things and your strategy, then you can start to do some specific messaging for your company on how to portray yourself in each of these channels for your strategy. But that's more of a foundation process that we go through with all of our clients during our onboarding process. Right. Just the point I'm making is that you're not likely to do that yourself very well. No, probably not. And but, but buy I think yellow pages. Realistically, for the small companies that are out there, there is value in doing it yourself. Just so you have an idea of what it's like and realizing, man, I need some help, right? Because that's usually what happens. They've tried it on their own. They realize, man, I, I need some help. Just like they maybe tried bookkeeping on their own. Just like maybe they've tried other areas of their business by themselves. And then they eventually delegate it out to somebody else. I think... What's important to also recognize is that if you're going to hire an agency like Benali or, or someone else, or you're going to make your first marketing hire in general, if you're missing, if if you don't see a very good strategy that's based on who you are and who your customers are as a part of the process of doing the marketing, it's a red flag. And that's usually the, the hardest thing with a marketing your first marketing hire as a contractor is that you have to manage that person. And oftentimes, you don't know how to manage them on how to do strategy, how to do all these different things. Um, they're usually just a mark, usually they're hiring an entry level marketer and they know how to post to social media or to take photos well, or get a testimonial or whatever, but they don't know I the need, strategy. I need, I need a website <laughs> and you get a website. Right. And it's got all the mistakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll just plug it because we have before, but uh, Donald Miller's book, Marketing Made Simple. Yeah. He has two books, Story Brand and Marketing Made Simple. If you bought Marketing Made Simple and you wanted to do it all yourself, yeah. which I do not advise, but unless you're a web developer, it tells you exactly what to do. Right. And if it's you're not doing that, you're just wasting your time. Mm-hmm. You're just wasting your time. It's very difficult to execute on all of this while running your business. Right. But you do... At the same time, you do need to be involved because it is strategy. It's it's planning. It's it's very guidance level. If we're talking about the four areas of business, guiding the business, it's very much intertwined with this. It's going to direct the trajectory of your customer base and your revenue. You need to know about it. Um, so it, it is very difficult to find that first marketing hire as a contractor because you do need somebody that can kind of is a generalist and kind of do everything, including well, this strategy. This is a big, big takeaway here though, because you've already said it. If you don't see signs of strategy, mm-hmm. beginning with to whom are, are you marketing and where do they live and all, mm-hmm. all the other things you mentioned, if you don't see that, yeah. 
it's probably in my, in my opinion it's not the right marketing company well it, and beyond it just then. strategy it's understanding why that's a strategy because anybody can take a strategy that's out there that's anybody's been doing and just say oh we're going to just replicate that which is good it, it can be a good thing you know if it's a good strategy and you're replicating it you're probably going to see some results but it has to be a holistic strategy and it has to be really tailored to who you're targeting and who you are as a company what i mean by that is you know if i go and i do this strategy of getting ebook downloads for a plumber right well great I've created this great ebook for commercial property managers about plumbing, and they they are very intrigued in downloading this ebook and giving us their contact information as a lead. What's a plumber gonna do with that? Is a plumber have time to call and talk about an ebook? I don't know. Maybe they've got a great sales team in a call center that wants to do those things. Is is how is that plumber gonna receive that information? What's the next step once we do that? Right. And that's, those are the things that are more holistic in nature, and that's what should be a part of a campaign that ties into the systems of your company, how you operate, and how you want to close deals. We talked about this beforehand, but you know, we ask, what is good marketing? And it's not just about getting leads. I could, send, I could get you a bunch of people's contact information really quickly by doing a variety of strategies, but are they good leads? I don't know. It's not about getting leads. It's about getting revenue. And... To do that, yes, you do need leads, but they need to be qualified leads and not just qualified in general, but qualified to your business. Um, and in order to do that, I also, as a marketing company, it's why I don't call us just a marketing agency. I have to be able to tie into your processes and even help you with your sales processes. Because if if we're going in and bringing you all these people, but we're not bringing you revenue, it's a waste of time. I mean, we've seen it happen before where with clients, we bring them really good qualified leads, but because they're so busy, because they don't have time to answer the phone, because they don't have to have to pick up the phone and call people, they're not closing revenue. And then they get, ups- they're not necessarily upset with us, but they don't think it works. And it's really a self-fulfilling prophecy of if you, you don't, it's not working because you're not working it, you know? Right. So ultimately it, it has to be something that's effective for you um, and for your systems, your processes, and you have to work on it holistically, not just from one angle. Well, having looking at the first step is, is developing a strategy with all these things from who are yeah. we after all the way does it fit your systems and do you have the capacity to look at the internet and answer the forms that came in. So that's your strategy. How do, once you have a, a strategy, how do you actually begin to implement that strategy? Yeah, so, I mean, there's many different methods that you can go through this, but I'm just going to kind of give one, and I've I've already mentioned what a campaign is. It's a targeted effort to address a problem or opportunity that your audience is having and addressing it holistically. And so I'm going to kind of talk about a little bit of the campaign structure and what that looks like. And I'll even give just an example that we've used for a a client as well. So really, it, it starts with that foundation. We know who we're targeting. And because we know we're targeting, we know what they care about. So let's just say that uh, we have an a audience of homeowners, and they really let's even just go through like the roofing process, right? They they care about getting their roof replaced so they don't have leaks for the cheapest amount possible, probably, and without any headaches, without wasting their time. 
that's something that they really care about. So what if we did a campaign around how our roofing company helps you with the insurance process, right? And we go through and we make a series of different tactics in this campaign that do just that. So digitally, what we'll do is we'll start with a long form of content, right? Okay. Content being? Content, and it can be in many different formats, but typically a longer format is either going to be long form videos. It's going to be long form articles. Um, it can also be things like eBooks or whatever, but we'll create this long form content and that content is really going to serve as our foundation, right? Uh, that's everything that we're going to be doing is going to be stemming from that content right there. So to give you an example, um, if we're, if we're going through this insurance is our topic for this campaign, helping you with your insurance claim, we're going to talk about what is, how to know what your deductible is, how to know, uh, how to go through the claim process. What are the steps of the claim process? How long does it take? What is depreciation? What is depreciation? Yeah. All what you should have known when you bought your insurance. All but. of this education around that topic. We may have 15 articles. We may have eight articles. We may have eight videos. We have 20 videos around this topic that is educating around this area. And what's great about having this as a foundation, this long format, is that it really helps us to under, understand things at the high level and then create smaller pieces of content from it. Think about a movie, right? Kevin Hart goes and makes this really long movie and he has this great movie that's going to be released in, in theaters. Does he just hope that people watch the movie? No, he goes and he marks it. He's got this really long form content. And what does he do with it? Well, then he goes and he makes a trailer, right? He takes a bunch of short clips from that long format and then he puts the trailer on YouTube and then he puts it on TV, right? Then he goes on to talk shows and he puts, uh, they, sh they always, oh, let's check out this clip from the movie. And then they talk about that clip. You know, it's interesting that you brought up roofing because, because both yeah. you and I in the last week just got hammered by hail. There's $500 million <laughs> That's probably worth why I of hail. That as an example. Well, but we also have clients. Yeah. Uh, uh, so it's not totally event driven, but thinking about in my mind, what's this long form stuff? Well, how to, how to get your roof replaced and deal with it. One of the small things, you know, how to deal with your insurance guy. Mm -hmm. You can have an article on who does the adjuster work for? Yep. Right. Because people are, I mean, I, I too, they're supposed to be, I, I don't know who they work for. I'm not, I'm not thinking me. Yeah. But they also have these public adjusters. Should I get a public adjuster? Is that going to affect? And what is depreciation? Because I've replaced my roof before, and I've found out real quickly that there's two ways to value your roof, what it yeah. costs to replace and then what isn't enough to replace it. So if you have this long-form article or ebook that people could read the whole thing and mm -hmm. then you pull out things, which would be if you were set up with that right now as a roofer, and you and you are because you're actually working with some the opportunity right now 500 million dollars in the west half of norman that's just this tiny Norman's little where we live here in Oklahoma. that's where that's where we live um that's a huge opportunity that you could pounce on by pulling from your long form yeah and sending out reaching out to people and not by saying buy from me buy from me buy from me but from doing what we always talk about 
educating them and they say, hey, I really like these guys there. Well, the thing yeah. is they're already doing that. When they go and they're knocking on doors or when they're working with a customer, they're already educating on these things because they have to. It's part of the process. Every sales process is education-based if it's a good sales process because people have questions, people are trying to solve problems, and you are educating them on how to do it. And so if you're taking a campaign with education and your foundation's on that, you're really just doing good sales, right? right? And marketing and sales are so intertwined, and they should be in your company, that they should inform each other, right? Just like we talked about Office Depot earlier, marketing maybe realizes that people are buying water for their office because they've done some research, then sales knows that they need to put water bottles inside of the building. Right, and if I always describe marketing and sales as on a continuum, marketing it yep. more general and yep. and obviously generating the leads and sales is closing the deal, but where does one stop and the other start? If it's good marketing, they're completely pre-sold. Yep. And all you can do is blow it, yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, they might be completely pre-sold, like Amazon, you just yeah. go buy the book or whatever it is you want, click, nobody talk to you. Right. But yeah, and that's, that's I think, what you're talking about when you your marketing has to fit your process. Yep. So that it's a continuum. Yeah. So the other thing that we haven't talked about with part of that foundation, and I'm actually going to use an analogy of a house, right? So if you think of a house, you have the foundation. That's going to be our long-form content. That's going to be those videos or those articles that we have that are super educational. But we're also going to have something called offers. And those are going to be more like a premium content or a premium offer that we're offering to people. What I mean by that is if we're writing just articles all day, but then we have this really great checklist that a homeowner can go through or that a business person can go through, whoever we're targeting, that would be more premium content. And that's something that we want to offer to people in a different format than just an article on our website. Now, there's a big debate in marketing whether you want to gate that content, meaning you want to ask for someone's email and phone number, contact information before sending that premium content to them, or if you just want to give it to them for free. You can do it either way, but you want to have some of those premium offers available. A really good way, the way that I like to think about it is that typically if it's just like a checklist or um, you know, a ebook or something like that, you don't have to ask for their information. It's really dependent upon your business, but especially for a contractor, you don't want to sit there and have to be calling people that download ebooks or whatever it is. But you can have offers that are more specific that you are required to get their information. Like schedule a free inspection would be a good offer for a roofer during this campaign that we're doing, right? Schedule a free, talk to a roofing expert about your insurance process, right? get a custom consult or whatever it is. Well, if they're gonna to talk to you, you need to be able to call them so they can give you their information. It's a natural process. But for maybe an ebook, it's not natural for you to want my phone number for downloading an ebook, right? So you, you think through some of those things, but you wanna have some premium offers that go along with this campaign. What are we gonna, what's our call to action during this campaign? We want people to schedule inspections. We want people to schedule consultations. We want people to schedule a time to speak to an expert. We you know, may want them to come out to an event. Uh, there's lots of different calls to action out there, but you want to have those as part of your foundation. What are we trying to ask people for? What's our goal here? So if, that's, if we're building a house and those things are our foundation, well, then we've got to frame the house. And I think of the frame of the house as more so the technical aspects of marketing, right? We're going to need to build landing pages for these offers. We're going to have to come up with some follow-up emails if people do 
submit the form. We're going to have to come up with um, different clips from these articles and graphics and email sequences and um, all these different things that we might do that are more technical. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. What the hell is a landing page? (laughs) I think I know, but you hear it all. Well, I mean, in a basic format, it's it's a web page that somebody lands on. What, like when they click when something they click. in your campaign? So, for example, if I go to Google and search, um, you know, ABC Roofing and abcroofing.com shows up and I click on abcroofing.com and that's the homepage, well, that's the landing page. And like if, if I uh, sent out a, a campaign emails that said, uh, should I hire a public adjuster or just use the insurance companies, it'll take them to a page that talks about public adjusters and insurance company adjusters rather than just to a homepage and they got to go find it. Yeah. So the, the idea of building a landing page, um, if we're, if we're not just talking about why it's called a landing page, ideally a landing page is specific to what someone either searched or inquired about or what they're looking for. And it is only about that. And so if somebody goes on social media and they see this opportunity to schedule a consultation with you or an inspection and it goes to your homepage, Unless your homepage was specific to that inspection, which it probably shouldn't be, but if it is, that's that's what it is. It should be going to a page that says, "Fill in this form and get your inspection right, right. away." Answer and the questions on what the inspection is going to include, yeah. all those kinds of things. Not, "Hey, this is ABC Roofing. Welcome to our website." You know, that's not what you want. You want it to be specific to what they click answer, for. Answer the question they ask. Right. Yeah. So, anyways, you you have that as your frame. Those more technical pieces, right? creating those follow-up emails, maybe email sequences if you're going to do more of a drip uh, series of emails to people after they maybe inquire about something. Um, Maybe it's creating videos about articles. Maybe it's um, putting those articles into a slideshow so that they're more digestible and can be swipeable on Instagram or whatever it is. But it's it's the frame. It's more so building out some of those things um, that are more technical in nature on the marketing side. So... You've got all these great educational pieces of content that are long format, that are answering questions, but not just in a sentence or two, right? You've got all these, you've got the frame built out so that people can access this stuff on your website, on your social media. It's uh, through email. Everything's built out up to that point. But then you actually, if we're going back to the house analogy, you do have to build out the house. You have to do the electrical, the plumbing, uh, the HVAC. You've got to put the drywall up. You've got to do the build out of the house after the frame is put up. And so with that, with that campaign, you are basically taking all of those, um, the the long format of, of the content, and you're putting it into really small pieces. So you're building some email templates for your sales team so that now whenever they get this question, it they can send, they have a template that they can just click on the template and an email is drafted that answers their question points them to the articles that answer the question in depth, points them to schedule a free inspection, all these different things. And We have a second fire truck segment today. Yeah, we do. Let's go another way. Um, so you, you have all of these email templates that are really accessible for your sales team and really a tool for them that's in their back pocket that if they went knocking on a door because you're a roofer going side by uh, through the, uh, neighborhood to neighborhood, now you, you have a conversation, they're a little bit apprehensive. Hey, I know you had a question on that. Let me send you this article, it's very specific. <laughs> they just go on their phone, click template, 
put the person's email in, send it, and all that information's right there. Um, so that's one of the ways that we build out the campaign. Another way that we build it out is through coming up with social media posts specific to each channel that we want to be in. Do we want to be on, because we're talking homeowners, we probably want to be on Facebook and Instagram because that's typically where most consumers are. Well, if that's where we're going to be, how can we create a Instagram post out of this long form content? Well, what if we took the highlights, uh, the main points of this article and put them into nice graphics um, and then sent that out as an Instagram post. That's building out just one art, uh, one of those articles. We can do that for the 15 that are in the campaign. Um, and now we've got really good social media content that's specific to that channel that's also addressing our audience in a part of our holistic strategy. Other things you can do are creating a pillar page, which is just a fancy term for a really good page on your website that has all of these resources in one area. Um, we can do a lot of SEO around these things, sharing, getting people to link to these. SEO? <laughs> search I mean, engine. Probably everybody knows, but some don't. Search engine optimization, just helping you organically show up on Google without paying ads um, and showing up like at the somebody top. Somebody searches for, for relevant roofer, searches. And you show up below the paid ads. but Yeah. And, and I, do, I mean, if someone searches roofer, Google's going to be more likely to show Google my business. And so that's where your reviews come into play. That's where... You know, you uploading photos to Google My Business is going to come into play. And ads are really going to show up for Roofer, right? Uh, where you're going to have to pay for that spot. And then it's also, if it's, an, if it's a short term like Roofer, it's very difficult to show up as a listing first. You're probably going to get HomeAdvisor to be first because they're a national company that and helps they pay roofers. For it. And they yeah. pay for it. But they also do a lot of work. They have a whole team dedicated right. to SEO for themselves. What you're most likely to show up on terms for locally and nationally potentially are uh, how to file a claim on my roof. A term like that is something that you probably want to be ranking for. You know, um, maybe even a term like who to call after storm damage, you know, um, who to call after a hailstorm, um, you know, what, how to choose the right roofing contractor. Those are some things that you want to be showing up for because that's high intent. Like they're obviously looking for someone that is doing what you right. do, but it's also a lot easier than just showing up for roofer because you can talk specifically about that topic and give really relevant information and then show up to the top because you're addressing it the best. Um, you know, you also build out some, like a newsletter. You can, um, you can do lots of different things by breaking up that long form content into more bite-sized, uh, digestible pieces that people can see, but don't have to read a full article to get that information. And really what you're trying to do is make it more accessible, right? If we only have an article on our website, I mean, if we're being honest, most people aren't going and just looking at blogs for the fun of it, especially from a roofer, right? But we need to be able to point people to that and more important than pointing them to the article, pointing them to that type of information from our company. So how can we make that information available in other formats, in other channels for our audience? Well, the salespeople need to know it and they need to be giving it out because they're talking to people every single day that are our audience, right? It needs to be on, um, you know, it needs to be going out to, for a roofer, to our insurance agents that we work with that love working with us because we answer the phone and because we have a relationship there. We need to be sending them our stuff all the time so that they can then send it to their clients because that's our audience base as well. Um, we need to figure out how to get it onto our social media channels. We need to figure out how to get it into 
you know, other publications. Um, it just, we need to find different ways of changing the format of that long form content that we did all this work on and changing it to where it's more uh, seeable, but, uh, you but know, it's, digestible. It's kind of an out, well, it's more than an outline because it's fleshed out, but it gives you all the ideas. It's like, well, I guess best metaphor was that you're doing trailers out of a movie. Yeah. Just giving people snippets. Giving people snippets. But this all, again, sounds like a lot of stuff. I mean, there's, part <laughs> of it sounds standardized. In other words, we are going to do a strategy. We're going to pick a target market. We're going to understand our purpose. We're going to do a campaign on roofing mm-hmm. right now. And it sounds like we're also doing roofing damage as opposed to new roof, commercial roofs, which would be a different camp- campaign. Yeah. And then, because you're in the business, you're sitting here freewheeling with a lot of ideas. I mean, <laughs> and that, you can't get away from that with marketing. I mean, that's, no. I, uh, I am not a marketer and I'm not a graphics guy, but one thing, I get a lot, a lot of people pitching me. They're going to bring me leads as a coach and they're going to do all these things for me. Well, one thing, they don't differentiate themselves very well. So right there, you know, they're just, it, it kind of puts me off, but if I hire a graphic designer, yeah, okay, I hired a graphic designer, but they just happen to not be very good, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and that, I mean, that's that's one of the hard things is, and I think you've been talking about it. if you're not hearing these kinds of ideas from people that you're working with, question might be, are they really any good? You can be technically a perfect web developer, yeah, and you can put together a beautiful website that does absolutely nothing because everything on it is incorrect yep. from the results or system. So yeah. just want to, I'm just pounding on the fact, I know you can do it depending on the size of your business, but done properly, yeah, it really, a, a professional to do it. Well, and, and, it recon- and a good professional to do it. Absolutely. And I, I, there's a couple of things that I'll add to that. One is, Yes, the, stra- the a campaign strategy is really effective and it's really great, but there's some timely things that have to happen. If you're only talk, if you're a con- if you're a roofing contractor and all you're talking about is the insurance process because you have a campaign on insurance, well, people aren't going to want to talk to you about some of the other things, or you know, they're not going to want to talk to you about well, what about this hailstorm that's coming, or you know, because you're not going to have information on it, and so you have to be timely as well. And that's why with clients, for example, we're going to build out campaigns, but they need to be the ones that are actively managing and monitoring their Facebook account. Someone, not necessarily the business owner, but somebody in the business needs to be the one that says, or is taking a picture. So if it's a roofer, they're taking a picture of the hail and posting it because that's timely, right? It's relevant. It's contextual to what's going on when that hailstorm hits. But then the campaigns are working consistently, almost in an evergreen, constantly running uh, style fashion that's what is really good for the long term strategy but in the short term you do need somebody that's going to be there in the business and that's that's my hesitancy for contractors that are hiring an agency they think oh well they're going to take care of everything well ideally if I were con- to be an active partner you have to be an active partner and you shouldn't expect them to know your business like you do Right. they can help you with more of the strategy they can help you with some of the the long-term assets for marketing your company and setting up the logistics for it. But as far as the timely, contextual, relevant, you have to be an active partner and you may even want to find a role inside your company 
like a salesperson is a great role for it where, hey, I just need you to post twice a week something that's relevant, contextual, and timely. Um, beautiful day to do roofs. Take a picture of the guys on the roof, putting up the roof. That's great. If I'm, if I'm driving around in my truck listening to this and I'm, I'm, I'm already overwhelmed, I'm just going, oh, my gosh, you know, this is a lot of stuff. I'm going to go on Home Advisor and pay them whatever it is. Or, yep. But what, why, why should they do this? Uh, literally. Yeah. Why should they do it? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's maybe a little bit of a glib question, but how, throwing out some numbers, I know it's different, but what's it cost? How long, what's the likelihood of success? Mm-hmm. How long... I know they can't, these are not concrete yes or no answers, but sure. it's what guys are, I know, <laughs> they're driving around like, oh man, how much? And how long is it going to take? Right. And the zone of despair that you call something other mm-hmm. than that, like there's this period of time where you're spending money and you're building it out. Mm-hmm. You're not looking at being in the third year where all your competitors are looking at right. you and saying, how do they do that? Yeah, no, I, I get this question all the time, and it's all about setting realistic expectations. I think a lot of companies in general, when they hire a, uh, a marketing agency, they can have unrealistic expectations. Hey, like, we need, it's been a month, what's going on? Right. You know, and the reality is, I, I, I try to compare it at, at the core of it, you're trying to build a relationship with your marketing agency that's working with you. And it's no different than hiring an employee, is how I like to think of it. Whenever a client hires us, I, I want to feel like I'm a part of their team and I want our team to feel like we're a part of their team, that we collaborate, that we're partners, that we work together. If you were going to hire a full-time marketing person for your company, there's an onboarding process. There's a transition period of, okay, well, we've got to train this person on who we are, what our processes are, how we do things, who our customers are, how they can access data, all that stuff, that takes time, right? Then we've got to get them the right projects and we've got to get them set up with our photographer or they've got to find a photographer for us so they can get pictures of our job. We've got to get them on a phone system so they can start calling customers. They've got to call those customers to get the, do the research, know who we're targeting. Then they've got to go and set up all the accounts for our ads to run, for our social media to be done well. Then they've got to find a designer to do better graphics for us and make our logo look better and all these different things. All of that takes time. Then they've got to go and make the ads that are going to run for us, which requires messaging and design. And then they've got to see if those ads work and then reiterate on those ads. You're talking about a lengthy process just for your new marketing hire, assuming they know how to do all of those things, right? Right. You're going to find somebody who's good at one, but very seldom will you find a person who exactly. is excellent at all of them. And so I, I tell people, like, realistically, if you're expecting them to drive the ideal results for you at less than six months, you found a really great hire and you should be proud of yourself, right? Just because they've executed extremely well and you are, I mean, they've done it in a very short amount of time. They've been a very quick learner. You, know, you might be able to do that if it's someone who's been in the industry for a while, has already executed on this before. Well, they're still going to. But I mean, to find somebody who's a good photographer, a good graphic designer, a well, master it, of web development, you're talking about hiring a coordinator. You, well, you are, but likely you're not going to find that person. What you're going to do right. is you're going to find somebody who knows that they need all of those things. 
they know how to spot good photography from bad photography, good design right. from bad design, and they know how to go and find con so uh, you know contract employees or freelancers, whoever. Well, that's why I'm going to do that for them. Actually, a coordinator for you, exactly. More, more likely a project manager almost. Right. And so if they're going to go and find all of those things, you've got a really good role. What do you think you're going to pay for someone like that? Right. It's it's going to be expensive. Plus you know, all the contractors. Plus you have to pay all the contractors, and so. Really, what I what I struggle with is that for a for a company, it's yes, in house marketing is the best option for you. The question is, can you afford it? Do you have the time to afford it? And can you realistically set all that up yourself? Do you know how to hire the best the best people for your well, in house marketing team? In house marketing, it. Actually, I don't think I'd heard you say that before, and I'm not sure I well, can't agree. But uh, in-house marketing is the best form if you get the best in-house marketer. Uh, right, exactly. <laughs> so, like, if you were actually going to execute on that, the first hire that you would need is more of a CMO, chief marketing officer. You need someone who understands logistics, who understands what to look for, who has a strategy mind, and who can hire people. Then you're looking for more of a marketing operations person who can make everything work functionally and do what you need it to do. From there, you're going to go into more content-driven stuff where you're looking maybe at a writer, maybe a videographer, depending on what's best for the way that you want to create content. And then you're probably looking at more of an advertising person um, or another content creator of some sort. And you need at least three people, but ideally four or five for the bare minimum in-house marketing team, in my opinion, right? That's a lot of that's a lot of payroll. That's a lot of overhead, and it, that takes a a lot of time to develop. That you're not just going to find them overnight. So the next best thing, in my opinion, would be to have an in-house marketer, who is a generalist who understands all the different areas pretty well, can post to social media, but can also come up with an uh, idea for an ad campaign or whatever it is, and then to pair them with a marketing team like Benali or another agency, right? And let that agency act as further strategy for your in-house marketing person, uh, act as a point of contact to be able to give them whatever they need if it's customer information so they can go get a testimonial or if it's, hey, in-house marketer, here's a process that we use for gathering testimonials, you go do that, right? And also act as outsourced capacity. That person doesn't have the time to go and write all these articles because they're managing stuff inside of the company and whatever. Well, that agency can go and with the input of that marketer, go and develop all that content for you. And then the marketer can review and give feedback, proof, all those kinds of things so that it's right. That is ideal scenario number two. The reality is most people can't afford to have a marketing person and have an agency. The next best thing in my opinion, would be to have an agency, right? Someone, an agency. It's, frac- it's timeshare. It's, you've yeah. got, a, got all that talent sitting over there in five, six, seven, ten, or 100 people, and you get your fractional interest. Yeah. Uh, you're you're going to get what you're really buying whenever you're paying for an, uh, an agency is you're buying strategy, you're buying processes, you're buying research, and you're buying the talent. And what's going to happen is you're going to get an, a, you know, a good account manager who's going to work with you, who's going to build a relationship with you, be your point of contact whenever you need someone, 
any marketing question that comes up, you're going to have someone that you can call. But then you're also going to get the team that supports that account manager. You're going to get a team that is diverse, uh, a specific person who does design, a specific person who does marketing operations, a specific person who does you know, long-form content writing, a uh, specific person who does short-form content writing. Then you're going to get some of the other things like photography, video, whatever. Um, and then you're also you're also buying that experience from that talent because they're getting to work with all these other companies and go through all these different problems, see what works, see what doesn't work. And so all of that strategy, all of those processes, they get refined and they get improved over time. And so that's what you're really buying is you're getting access to all those things for probably what it costs you to hire a good marketer. And that's what you should be expecting. Now, depending on the deliverables that you ask for, so if you want you know, three campaigns a year versus six campaigns a year, well, now your price goes up because you're paying for more time and more talent to be able to do those things. Or if you wanna get a lot of vi really high quality videos made or photos made, you may have to pay extra for some of those things. But in general, I would say that in-house marketing is your best option, probably the most unrealistic for our listeners, I would say. Next best option is a full-time marketer on staff that is a generalist, not a specialist in a specific area, accompanied with a agency for outsourced capacity and outsourced strategy and processes. Then the next best thing would be just hiring an agency to be your partner. Somebody still has to be a liaison, and, and yeah. if you're a business owner, it's probably you. Yeah, if you're the business <laughs> owner, you're probably going to be working directly with but you're, that marketing agency. Yeah, you're being interviewed and having meetings yeah. with them. You're You'll have a meeting. You're having to write the articles yeah. or do the videos. You're having meetings once, maybe a week, once every other week, and what you're doing during those meetings is answering questions. You're updating them on how your business is doing and what your goals are. And then you're also just reviewing the work that's done, saying yes, saying no. What what percentage of contractors, let's say, would you say have what I'll call real marketing? You know, real marketing meaning not just waiting for referrals and not occasionally putting an ad in this or that, but I mean intentional mar marketing where they're executing over a year on a strategy. What percent do you think do that? Yeah, so I mean, contractors is so broad, right? You've got. You've got general contractors, you've well, got subcontractors, <laughs> you've got subcontractors, um, you've got ser service providers. Um, you know, there's so many different types of contractors out there. Really, the way that I, I think of it is there's typically in a local area. So let's, you know, in some places that's going to be a big city in some places that's going to be just, uh, you know, a state. Um, you're, you're usually going to have between two and five players that are doing marketing well, you're gonna have one to two that are doing the marketing, the sales, and executing on the actual service or product really well in that area. So like- Against you, hundreds or thousands in yes, that area. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like you look at um, you know, Dallas, for example, there's gonna be maybe even 10 in that area. You may have to segment even more inside of Dallas, but you could say like North Dallas, there's going to be two to five really good plumbers that are executing marketing very well. That seems, I mean, does seems it high seem, to you. No, it actually, it seems low to say two to five in North Dallas, which is 4 million people in yeah. Dallas, Fort Worth. But so it, it seems that people might be a little, uh, question that, 
But they boy, might. I tell but you what? It, go it, look. It, go look. I'm serious. And you're going to find, you're gonna find that, a lot it's of people. It's a huge opportunity. It's a huge opportunity. And that's the thing about like why we do these campaigns is because they really build on themselves. Typically, for our average client, we're doing three campaigns a year, right? If we're doing those campaigns year over year, in four years, they've got 12 campaigns of incredibly educational content with so many different assets, meaning you know different pieces that can be used in different ways and different channels um, at different times. And so, you know, for example, we have a client that does you know freezing pipes is a big issue for their industry. We've got a freezing pipes campaign every year. Whenever it gets cold, we literally can click a button. You know, and turn that on. And turn that on. Now, there's a lot more that comes with that. Each year, you need to customize it to when the storm right, but is. You're, you're editing a piece of paper, not creating a piece of exactly. paper. Exactly, and it and it's it's not plug and play necessarily, but it almost is. Well, I talked to you about that before we got on. I've written many articles. I don't know how many for marketing. Yeah, I put them out. I mean, I don't always think of it as marketing. I think, well, I'm talking to this guy, and I want him or her to know about this but I've got them all done. They come up all the time. The the topics I choose come up all the time in coaching. And I just, hey, I got I mean, we talk about it, I send them an article. Yep. And the, the article recaps what I said because, it, I mean, <laughs> the yeah. articles are about what I do and so I don't have to think about it. But it, it's just, in a it's kind of like me providing them uh, material at a conference or something, but mm -hmm. here's, read this little five minute article, you know. Well, and so you've got that collateral just, built. You don't have to pay to do it again. You've got to modify it. Yeah, change the date, or I mean, more than that. But and just to give an example for you, for for so people understand, like you have whatever, how many dozens of articles on your website. You get asked to go speak at something. You're, what do I talk about? You can just go and look at an article and say, "Oh, you know, this is what I'm going to talk about." We could start a podcast, <laughs> and then every now and then I could say, "What would we talk about if something didn't come up recently?" And yep. pull out an article. You and you also get, doing the podcast and talking like this gives me ideas for articles, yep. which inform my coaching. Yep. It, but it also keeps you sharp, right? Thank it you. keeps you. <laughs> it keeps you aware of what your audience's desires are. If you have all these articles and you're actively looking at them to be able to send them out to people, you know what your people care about. But I'm also actively listening to mm -hmm. the people because I've got to do an article because yep. I on a pretty regular basis. And I think, oh man, I got to find something interesting to talk about. It makes me pay more attention. I read a lot. Mm -hmm. And when I read things, I circle them. I go, ooh, ooh. Yep. You know, I can use that quote, start an article. So. Well, then you need to send out an email to people. What are you going to send in the email? Oh, you can send an article. Oh, you right. need to post to social media. What can I, what can I post? Oh, well, let me and look at my articles. Let me, you know, let, let me ask you a question. Um, I guess maybe ask our our listeners a question. Is well, I'll start with a story. This is my view of me and my coaching. I charge what I charge, and if somebody does not buy from me does not hire me. There are only, in my opinion, two reasons, possible reasons. One, they don't like me, which is possible, hugely <laughs> unlikely, but possible. Or two, which is really it most of the time, they don't see the value. Right. And it isn't because they don't have the money. It isn't, it's they don't see the value. I've had people literally 
not take page. I feel pretty bad about it, but then not take a paycheck and borrow money to pay me yeah. because they saw the value. And by the way, the one I'm thinking of is certainly paid off. So there you go. But if they believe 100% that yep. I would provide them $50,000 net revenue in cash within two months, and I charge $25,000 for that two months, they would go get a loan on their house to come up with the cash to do it if they truly believe that. Yep. And so I'm asking that to our listeners is you've made a great case for it. People, I think, and being a little bit specific, but people understand, I think, that they need to generate sales. They like to have people coming to them. It's not all outbound phone calls. So having heard what you've heard today, I'm going to throw that same thing out. You either do it or you don't believe it. Yeah. And I and that's my question. Do you believe it? And I don't know what other questions. Maybe I could think of some more that they might want to ask to firm that up. But do you believe? Because I tell people marketing works. Mm-hmm. Period. Throwing out an ad in the yellow pages or mm-hmm. doing a mailer in one of those value packs or something. I mean, those might work, but yeah. I mean, that's not what I would do. You tried that once and it didn't work. No, but marketing works. The principles of marketing work. You have to develop them. You have to, it, the, the first, your first shot at a website's not going to be as good as that, as the next one. Right. The content that you write's not going to be as well targeted mm-hmm. uh, or as well versed, but you're going to begin to learn. And over time, you just get better, better, and better, and you become one of those two to five in North Dallas who do it well. Yep. And uh, I, you know, two to five out of however many is not a crowded space. There's room for somebody else. There's room yeah. for you. So that's kind of my question to the listeners: is do you believe? And if you do believe, what are you doing about it? If you don't believe, what's it take to educate yourself? Because uh, I'm telling you, it's, it's a fact. Yeah. I'm not equivocating on this. It's a fact. Marketing works, but you have to get it right. Mm-hmm. But it's it's the way, it, it's how you really grow and prosper is through doing it right. And it takes courage, especially because of that zone of, of despair, which I alluded to. You know, what do you call it? Zone of gap disappointment. of disappointment. Gap of but disappointment. But you love the despair. I love the zone of despair. That's kind of like from, <laughs> sounds like Princess Pride stuff. Yeah. See how confident and I am. I don't know that I mentioned it, but I, I mentioned in the terms of an employee, you're going to have to train them. They're going to have to learn your company. They're going to have to know the processes. They're going to have to get well, in the terms up. of the marketing, the zone yeah. is, and I've observed it uh, by watching you and clients is, okay, I believe you. I'm going to do this. I'm yeah. going to start paying you. Well, you've got to do that research that informs your strategy. You've got oh, yeah. to develop the strategy. That's not a that's not 30 minutes in the afternoon. And, and there's things you can do short term that, that will help, you know, like if you didn't have a Google My Business listing, you're like, yeah, if we create that in the first week, right. then you're probably going to get some more business. You know, if you had zero reviews and we were able so to get, get the low-hanging fruit, the quick Yeah, there's the some low-hanging, the quick wins, low-hanging fruit can be there. But as far as like getting the ideal results, it's going to take time and it's only going to compound over time, especially if the processes that we set up, like for every customer that closes to get a personal email with a, th- a thank you and please send us a review. And then if they don't leave a review, it reminds them for five times, you know, then that's going to help you get more reviews, which is going to lead to more referrals from Google, right. all those kinds of things. It, it, it compounds on itself over time. But 
the first six months, typically there's a quote unquote gap of disappointment. And it's mainly just because things take time. Right. Just like if you are a home builder and somebody says, okay, well you build us a home and you're going to be done next month. Like, well, probably not. No, we've got a lot to do. Yeah. How's this take eight months in if everything works well? That's if there's no weather or right. whatever. So, yeah. So anyways, good marketing brings you revenue. You need to make sure that you tie in to your sales as well. That's a huge aspect. And you need to work with a marketing company that understands that you've got to tie into your sales. Because uh, the last thing you want is people ready to do work with you, but nobody closing it. So um, that's something that we also help with is getting sales processes in place, using sales technology to make sure everything gets tracked and gets performed on time. Um, and then creating that sales content from those campaigns so that now salespeople have things that they can use as you know, educational uh, tips that they pass along, whether that's in person, through email, uh, through texting people, whatever it is. So, yeah. Okay, so uh, what we're telling people is, do you, or asking people is, do you believe? Yeah. And if you are, what do you do? How are you acting? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we provide free growth assessments for people that are interested in this. Just if if you want a free growth assessment, and you're not like serious about hiring a marketer right now, it's probably not for you. But if you are like considering man, we need to do something with our marketing. We've got a budget for it. We could hire somebody um, or we could hire an agency and you would like to get a free growth assessment, talk to us, fill out, we'll put something in the show notes and we'll give you something that will be actionable for a marketing hire if you don't hire us uh, through that free growth assessment. So um, it's not gonna be 100% of what we would do, but it would be some building blocks for what we would do and a strategy that they could go and execute. And they'd get the idea of the concept. Yeah, absolutely. So. Absolutely. So, yeah. Well, sir, there's a lot more we could talk about on marketing. Yeah. Uh, definitely the overarching today, very high level and just kind of a how-to on getting started uh, with my, marketing. My main takeaway for people, if they choose to pursue an agency, and it's not Khalil, wherever you are, is that you need to see evidence of a plan. Yeah. And starting, and that plan will always begin with to, what's your target market, how are you going to reach them, what do they right. care about, and then start hearing some of the strategies that they might implement over yep. time. Building a website. Have you got some pictures? And can you give me something to say on the banner on my web? That's that's the guy writing you. Yeah. a website that is not marketing marketing has to have a strategy absolutely and that's what works over the long term absolutely yeah for sure well thanks martin okay great chatting with you yeah you too see you congratulations on your soccer game you win your first oh, yeah. uh, fun time playoff yeah, yeah that was a lot of fun good so, all right Talk okay to you soon. see ya thanks for listening to the cash flow contractor Check out our website in the show notes or visit thecashflowcontractor.com.